We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it is September 9th, it's 2019, and we have eight baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my new buddy, Kyle Murray, uh, breaking him in, first time on the podcast. Welcome. Yeah, sounds good, man. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. You know, I've been listening to Morning Grind for probably the last year, year and a half, or maybe even two years, and so I'm excited to get down here and chat some baseball with you. Yep, ready to get back in the baseball swing of things. Um, sorry, I dropped my pen. Um, obviously, we had week one NFL, and, you know, before we get into anything, I want to give a huge congratulations to Head Chopper. I've known Chop just as long as I've known just about anybody here. Like, we're one of the old guys, um, you know, me, Notorious, um, Chop, Beer Maker. We've been around the block for a long time, so there's not a person that deserves it more. He puts in a ton of work. Um, so, huge congratulations um, to Head Chopper taking down the Fandle Millie. Um, congratulations to Cal. You know, he crushed. Um, and then I even saw, like, Dink crush. So, like, it was just a good week for everybody. 
Um, it, it's good to, it's always good to see the guys that put in the, the work, um, you know, have good weeks, but hopefully everyone had a good week. NFL one, me personally, um, I got a lot right, but the stuff that I got wrong kind of backfired in my face and, you know, it was just ready for week two, but didn't get crushed, did well on some sites, didn't do well on others. I got crushed on fantasy draft, but, um, it, it just, you know, probably overextended i probably played on too many sites because when i by the time i got to fantasy draft it was the last site i did and like that was the worst result site for me so i'm gonna have to better time management when it comes to week two so hopefully you had a good week one yeah it was all right i actually had a pretty solid showdown slate so that kind of took the burden off of the the lackluster main slate but you know i was really heavy on the 49ers and a lot of things surprised me from that team with with pettis and and Breida not really getting involved until Coleman got hurt. And then when he did get involved, didn't really perform. So, and then the two defensive touchdowns when you have the, the, the highest ownership for that particular team, is, it's pretty brutal. But, you know, on the next, on to the next week, really excited for week two. All right, let's jump into some baseball. We got eight games. It's an interesting slate. Uh, we have some high-end pitching. We have some mid-tier tournament options. So, it's one of those slates where, you know, it, it can go either way. So, good Monday slate. And, um, we get started with Atlanta at Philadelphia. It's Michael Fultonevich against Aaron Nola. Eight and a half total. Nola is a 138 favorite here. Uh, what's your thoughts here on Fultonevich? Yeah, I mean, Fulty's been one of the guys who, you know, working back from injury multiple times this week, uh, this year. So, I mean, he's a guy who I kind of anticipate to just continue to get better every time he hits the mound. So, you know, he's really tough for me to pin down because if you look at his numbers, he doesn't look good, but you know, he's just been getting continuously better. And I do have, you know, faith in his talent as a pitcher. So I, I usually stay away from him now that I'm seeing that he's getting healthier and pitching better. Um, so I'm usually a stay away from Fulty, but uh, I actually might even use him here today. So, you know, he's, he's a guy with the strikeout stuff, doesn't really show it this year, struggles against lefties, should see probably three or four of them, um, but only two of them would really scare you in Dickerson and Harper. So I don't think it's the worst matchup for Fulty. And, um, yeah, I just don't really like to stack, stack the Phillies too much. I, I feel like they're just not one of those explosive offenses right now. So uh, I think I'll lean, lean Fulty, especially with the, with the price that he's at. Yeah, and, you know, when we're looking at the slate overall, you know, especially on like a DraftKings where we're playing two pitchers, I think that most builds today will go up and get a top-end pitcher, and then you're going to end up in the Lyles, Fulty, Williams range. So – I think Fulty could potentially be the lower of the three owner ownership wise. So like he obviously is the tournament guy that I would be looking at. So um, in cash games, I like Lyles and we'll talk about him when we get there, but like for tournaments, I, I want to pivot and I want to find a, a lower owned guy and Fulty has the upside. Like you said, you're only really worried about Dickerson and Harper. You always worry about Romuto and Hoskins, but not as much against um, righties and not as much uh, for Fulty when he's better. Right, yeah, Aaron Nola, Aaron Nola on the season, very good against righties. Continues to just be a guy that you know we can trust. Obviously, his first start of the first half of the season was a little bit of a shaky start, but he's been a lot better as as the season's gone along. He's a tough matchup here against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, what are we doing with Aaron Nola, um, especially when we're looking at his price? Yeah, I mean, I'm a firm believer that Aaron Nola's top five pitcher in the in the big leagues, so I really like him and. But I'm also a really big fan of this Braves offense, so it's going to be tough for me to choose one of the two. I think I would always just lean towards the the elite pitcher. Um, I don't really know how much I would get to him. 
I know he's actually not, you know, the price on FanDuel is actually decent, so I would probably be pretty intrigued over there. He's a 9-8 on FanDuel, so I think I could, you know, get myself to play him there, but the upside is just kind of hard to sell me on with the, this Braves lineup. They don't really strike out a lot, and then you have risk with how good the hitters are in this lineup, so it's not the ideal matchup, obviously, but I, I would count on his talent. Yeah, and the other thing you got to kind of worry about here with Nola is be the fifth time he's faced the Braves this season. Like we're, we're getting into that point of the season where these teams have played each other a lot. Some of these pitchers have seen these teams a lot, and like you know, it's been it's been very hit or miss for Nola, but he's averaging like twenty one fantasy points. So like twenty one fantasy points at ten four is just not going to get the job done today um, on this slate. So well, I do have a little interest in Nola here. Probably not going to end up playing him a lot. Um, as far as the Braves bats go, that doesn't mean I'm going to go out and load up on the Braves bats. Like, I, I, I respect the talent of Nola by far. And, you know, like Atlanta's a really strong team. So it's just one of those things where probably won't be on Nola, probably won't be on the Braves bats, and just kind of hope it stays low scoring. Uh, what's your thoughts here on Atlanta? Yeah, I think I'm mostly staying away. Um, haven't really looked too in-depth at the pricing for these these left-handed value guys, but like McCann and um, I guess Joyce would be guys who you could maybe fill out a lineup on with if you if you needed to. Joyce is 2-2 on FanDuel, and uh, McCann is also 2-2. So, I mean, if you wanted to play one of those guys, just uh, it is a smaller slate, so if you want to play one or two of those guys just for pure value purposes, I, I, I would be okay with that. And then I guess the Freddie Freeman play would be all right too. But other than that, I don't think I'm def- – well, I'm definitely not going to stack and – I, I'm not going to be too high on these Braves bats. Um, you know, as far as the Phillies go, obviously we got to see if Harper's back in the lineup. He got hit in the hand. He's been dealing with the hand issue. Like if, if Harper sits, like it's a huge upgrade for Fulton Um If Harper plays, I don't like hand injuries. I usually will take the wait and see approach when it comes to hand injuries. Uh, but like Dickerson one-off kind of appealing at 4,500 against Fulton in Philadelphia, good ballpark for lefty power. What's your thoughts on the Phillies? Uh, I think I'm going to be, from just the first glance, I think I'd be pretty overweight on Fulty, so I'll probably stay away from these Phillies bats, especially if Harper's out of the lineup. Um, I mean, I I would be okay with a Dickerson one-off, but probably not stacking. They're kind of the same deal with, as with the Braves. Moving right along, we got Arizona at New York, taking on the Mets, 7.5 total. Stink Kelly against Jacob deGrom. Um, DeGrom's a 230 favorite. Do you have any interest here in Merrill Kelly? Nope. <laughs> None at all. Stink Kelly is his nickname on this show. Um, Absolutely dominated the Padres last time out. Congratulations, Merrill Kelly. You had your game. I don't have to worry about you having it this month. You've already had it for the month. Um, I do not think Kelly's good. I I don't think the Mets offense is like this any like this like top end great offense. And they, they don't like to score runs when DeGrom is pitching. But I probably won't end up on Kelly today at 6K. I just... He had nine strikeouts against the Padres last time out. And when we look at the Mets, they have three guys with strikeout rates over 20%. And less Nimmo's in there, that adds a, a fourth. But they're a team that doesn't have a ton of power, but they don't typically strike out a lot either. So it's just not a great spot for Merrill Kelly's upside where I can play Fulty, who I know can get some strikeouts. Um, Jacob DeGrom, you know, when we're looking at the matchup against Arizona, they're a good team. They don't strike out a lot, but anytime you have an elite pitcher, he's going to get his strikeouts. He, he's just eleven two is not terribly expensive in my opinion, and um, I, I think I like Degrom more than I like Bieber facing the Angels. So Degrom's probably the top end guy I'll pay up for today. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm I'm leaning Degrom over Bieber as well, and 
you know, like, like you said, when, even if they're not in the greatest kind of K matchup, you got to kind of got to count on these elite pitchers to go out there and still be able to strike people out. And on Fanduel, you get a discount from Bieber to Degrom, so I think Degrom is probably the clear-cut option. Maybe you go Bieber if there's a huge ownership gap, which I wouldn't be too surprised if there was, just because of the price. But yeah, Degrom seems like the clear-cut cash option and probably the best option on the slate. Um, Arizona bats. If you're not playing Degrom on a team, um, I probably wouldn't end up on anybody. Like I never hate playing Marte because people hate to pay his price. He's he's been very good this season, but this is kind of a ballpark downgrade. You know, when Arizona's roof is closed, it's it's very neutral slash pitcher's ballpark. We know the Mets, City Field. Um, so I don't really love anything here for Arizona. Um, seven and a half total. They have an implied total under three. Like it's probably a spot I stay away from the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I'm with you there, especially when the bats that I do, like I, I could talk myself into, they're not really cheap or anything like that, like how the Braves were. So I'm probably mostly off the Diamondbacks here. Um, what do you like here for the Mets? Uh, you know, the Mets are interesting. I know that, you know, we have seen the Mets really struggle. Like it's like glaringly bad how they can't produce runs when the ground's on the hill. Like normally I try not to, you know, talk about those narratives too much, but that one is like glaringly bad where it's historically – bad for how well the Mets bats do when with the ground on the mound um but the, the thing that intrigues me here is Merrill Kelly uh, gets burned from both sides of the plate so there's a lot of power heavy hitters in this lineup from both sides of the plate so I think he can, he can get beat here so I'm gonna definitely be stacking the Mets up one way or the other uh today yeah I think you can look at Cano and cash games I think even if Nimmo is in there. He's 3,600. Like obviously the top end bats are Alonzo and Conforto McNeil with his elite contact skills against a pitcher that doesn't strike anybody out. You know, you're going to get contact, you know, at a really high rate with McNeil in this spot. So um, definitely a few different ways to look at it. Don't even hate like a Wilson Ramos. If he bats fourth, you'll get a catcher batting fourth. Um, so a lot of different ways to go with the Mets today. You know, even with this game having a seven and a half implied total, they still have a, a decent, implied total as far as their personal run total goes so um next up we got the brewers and the marlins eight and a half total here we got jordan lyles against robert duggar um lyles a, a minus 198 favorite here expected lyles to kind of be popular here he's definitely the sp2 i'd be using in cash games uh the miami marlins just stinking lyles is not as bad as he was to start the season he's not that bad of a pitcher um what's your thoughts here on jordan lyles yeah, I, I think he's – I actually think he's a pretty solid pitcher as well. And, you know, he obviously gets the the park upgrade here. Um, and then, obviously, an, an amazing matchup. He really struggles against lefties, and he'll probably see two or three of them here. So, that's that's a plus. Plus, we'll see the pitcher. Um, so, I like Lyles. I think he's going to be probably the heavy chalk, if I had to assume, for the SB2 on DraftKings, like you said. But, you no, know, it's sometimes it's really hard to get away from a solid value pitcher like like Lyles here today. Yeah, like even at Chalk, I'll, I'll still have exposure to Lyles just because I, I like the spot. And, you know, if everybody's paying up on Fandle, I think Lyles has the upside to potentially be a guy on Fandle as well. Um, because, you know, even if we look at his last start, I know I wouldn't get concerned about the 78 pitches. Um, he got into some issues in that inning, and they just ended up going to the bullpen um, to play the matchups in that Houston game. So I'm not overly concerned about the 78 pitches. He was just efficient. So. Um, I think that we we have the strikeout upside that we're looking for in a mid-tier pitcher 
facing a team that just doesn't have a lot of power in one of the best ballparks. Like it just everything lines up here for Lyles to go out and have a good game. So um, Robert Duggar on the other side of this game, like he's been no slouch. He's had some decent outings. Um, you know, do you have any interest here? Or is his his strikeout ability against lefties the thing that's going to haunt him here against this Milwaukee team? Yeah, he he has actually performed pretty well when you look at the outcomes, but. You know, the underlining numbers, like he's got a, a 6.14 XBIP and a 5.6 here. That both numbers lead the slate here. So I really like taking a shot in Milwaukee here. Usually, like, just the way it goes, really, is people don't like to stack whatever team that's playing in Marlins Park. And, you know, these lefties here, they can all get it out of any park. Thames, Yelich, Grandall. And then you got value, too. So I really like the Brewers. And it's lefties littered up and down this lineup. He should probably see one righty plus the pitcher. So I think Duggar's just going to be in trouble here. You know, a 5, 5% K rate against lefties, 51% hard contact, uh, not the best fly ball rate, but you know, it, it is a smaller sample size. So I wouldn't be surprised to see that come up. Um, so overall, I just, I think Brewers are probably be my favorite stack tomorrow or today. Yeah. Because like, if you think about it, like obviously like Yelich is expensive. Yeah, I get that. But with Mustakas banged up, the stack's not going to be overly expensive in general because you'll, you'll get gamble, Spannenberg should be in there, and we know Spannenberg um, was crushing the ball at AAA before he got called back up. You know, potentially we could get some of these other guys, like if Grisham's in here instead of Braun, like Grisham's really cheap. So, like, obviously you're going to get some cheap end bats, um, you know, with Yelich, so you're able to stack them how you want to stack them. You can get Grindall, you can get Yelich, and then you can still be able to get pitching because, you know, there's so many cheap pieces here. And, I, you know, even even if you want to, um, he's been awful. But Travis Shaw's 2.2K, and if you're stacking them, you know, against a guy that has a 5% K rate so far, it's only 39 plate appearances, and I don't want to weigh that too much. But, you know, no strikeouts, a lot of hard contact, and um, I don't even hate taking a shot on Travis Shaw at 2.2K, uh, especially yeah. if it's going to make like a DeGrom work with this stack. Oh, yeah. I mean, 2.2K on DraftKings, you're not going to see that unless it's like Jonathan Lucroy or some really terrible player. And I know Shaw has been that this year, but we've seen him, you know, be a solid hitter, you know, past couple of years or so. So I think, you know, it's worth taking a shot there at 2-2. Good old Travis Shaw. Is there anything on the Marlins that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I'm pretty much all out on the Marlins. I'm pretty, I'm pretty invested in Lyles and even if I don't use him, I'm definitely not going to be playing any Marlins bats. Yeah, I yeah, they stink. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Uh, Yankees and Red Sox, 10 total. James Paxton against Eduardo Rodriguez. It's a pick em game. Um, I don't know why, because the Red Sox stink right now. Like, Yankees should be favored by a lot in this game because my Red Sox decided they don't want to play baseball this year. Um, any interest here in James Paxton? Oh, man, this, one, this one's been tough. I've been going back and forth on this one, but it's another situation, like you mentioned earlier. Paxton's seen this Red Sox team probably four or five times already this year and, like, three times in the past two months or so. So, And we've seen him get beaten up pretty badly, but he's come back into the old Paxton form his past couple starts. I think I would lean taking a shot here on, on Red Sox bats, even though they have been pretty cold. But, you know, these, these guys all just hit lefties so well. Paxton's still been giving up a lot of power to the right-hand side of the plate. So I think I would lean here. And then, you know, you can get a lot of value with guys like Vasquez, Travis, and, and Hernandez if he makes the lineup again. So I think it just makes a lot of sense to stack up Boston, especially if they're going to be low-owned. 
Pax is going to be one of those guys that I'm going to be like looking on lineup HQ and I'm going to be like, hey, Jamino, what are we looking at for Paxton? Because if Paxton's going to be 5, 10, probably even like 12% on an eight game slate with the ability that he has, like he's had some good games against the Red Sox already this year. He's had some bad ones as well. But if, if, if everybody's going to play DeGrom and Bieber and maybe even Nola, nobody's going to play Paxton against the Red Sox and he's going to come in at really low ownership. That's when I have interest in large field tournaments. But outside of that, like, he's not a cash game play. Like, DeGrom's your cash game play. Like, don't overthink it. Um, but I, I like the tournament appeal. Not saying that I don't like the Red Sox bats, but I like the tournament appeal if Paxton's going to be low on. And then, you know, obviously the other side of the plate, Eduardo, kind of reverse splits type pitcher, um, has been, you know, a lot of last year and a lot of this year. Uses that changeup to generate ground balls. Uses the cutter against righties. Very strong Yankees lineup. I don't think I'd want to play Eduardo here um, at 9,500. Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. Uh, this, this Yankees lineup is definitely stronger than we've seen. In, in addition, they don't have as many strikeouts as they have in the past couple of years, when they ha- even when they have had that stacked lineup. So I'm kind of with you there. But, you know, if we see Eduardo here alone, I think I would, I would be okay taking a shot here. You know, he's down there when it comes to pricing, down there with Lyles. And, uh, and Trevor Williams on FanDuel. So I would actually be okay with taking a shot on Erod here in, in those large field tournaments. Uh, he's a little bit more expensive on DraftKings, but I wouldn't hate the idea of Erod. I mean, I wouldn't go overboard with it, but, you know, in, in those large field GPPs, I think it's okay. Yeah, like I'm never going to talk you out of anything when it comes to a large field tournament, especially on a day where a lot of people are going to probably be paying attention to like showdown NFL slates and two-game right. NFL slates. So um you know taking advantage of a guy that has upside you know in a spot that you know you're going to get him at low ownership I'm not going to talk you out of it so um I don't mind the call it's just the Yankees are are a team that have been very hit or miss and the Red Sox I I don't know I'm a biased Red Sox fan so don't don't listen to me I think they stink right now they don't really stink but um as far as the Yankees bats go with when you're looking at the Yankees, um, especially on this slate, like they're not that expensive, but they're not cheap. And gen- like, it, it's kind of, they're kind of like a mix. Like they're all under 5k, but they're all over 4k. So like, it's not the easiest stack to do, but it's, it's very doable as well. So I, I think that if I was going to play Yankees here, I would just hope that they get to Eduardo. I hope they get to the bullpen and just, I think I'd play them as a stack. I'm not going to, there's nothing standing out to me as like a one-off here. I'd play him as a stack. Yeah, I, I think the best way to, if you're going to get Yankees exposure, it is to stack them and hope that, you know, they can just draw a few walks and get to that bullpen because we know that bullpen, you know, isn't, that, isn't all that great. So that's when the Yankee stack will, you know, get, get their money and the best. So I do think that's the way to go. I don't think you really want to pick one-offs here because Erod, especially against righties, He's so good at, you know, like you said, limiting hard contact, limiting fly balls. So I think Erod is – the guy that you want to either go all in against or just kind of leave it alone and hope that you get to that bullpen. So I think you're right when you want to stack it up and hope that they can find those relievers later in the game. Yeah. You're just hoping that Erod doesn't have the greatest game and then you get to that bullpen a little earlier. So Ewald, Erod can struggle with walks from time to time too. So you're just hoping like yep. that obviously happens. So, but like you're not hoping that with one-offs you're, you're especially at their pricing. So um, what are we doing here with the Red Sox? 
Uh, a lot of righties here that you can you can use. I think you know pretty much top to bottom, any righty is usable. Gorgis Hernandez is a guy you look at his season stats. You're not going to see anything because he just got called up a few days ago. But you know he's in uh, San Francisco the past couple of years, and he showed you know the ability to steal some bases and show some power here and there. So I think that's a good value play if he makes the lineup again. Um, I think Benintendi is still hurt or just got back from injury, so he might even be out of lineup. There's a lefty on the hill anyway, so. There's righties up and down this lineup that you can use for their power. Like you got the the big three, Bogarts, Betts, and Martinez, and then you got the value with with Travis and and Hernandez and Vasquez too. Yeah, they just need to get give Benedetti a week off or something. He's just <laughs> been. I know they're they're making their last ditch effort, whatever, um, to make the playoffs, but I don't think he's been healthy in a while. But anyway, um, yeah, like I, I don't mind a stack here. Um, Sam Travis is the guy that, like, if you're wanting a one-off cheap bat, like, he's 2,900. You can play him at first base or the outfield. I, I've been saying it for a year. I, I've been waiting for the power to show up for Travis because he's he's always shown it in the lower levels, um, and he's finally showing it this year. So he's always a guy that I like to you know, play against lefties. Not the easiest lefty by any means, but. Right. Um, we got Oakland at Houston, 9.5 total. Mike Fires against Zach Granke. Um, any interest here in Fires? Um, no, I'm staying away from fire series. Once he's out of that, uh, that big dome, I don't really like him too much. Yeah. Low strikeout guy against a team that doesn't strike out a lot of like when, when we're looking at a, a slate in general, I don't want to play a pitcher where I feel like there's going to be a lot of contact. I just don't see a lot of upside in that, that type of scenario. So when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at a team that has a 17% K rate against a pitcher that has a 16% K rate. Like, <laughs> too much contact for me. Um, easy easy spot for me to move on. Um, and then as far as Granky goes, like, I, I, I say it all the time with Zach Granky. I probably play him the least amount in the industry. He's 8,400 today. Like, is there any appeal to Granky at 8,400 even with his – I wouldn't – with his lower upside, I guess, is the easy, nicest way to say it. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is an Oakland lineup that doesn't strike out a ton. But, you know, if you really pick your spots here, you got, you know, Davis, Olsen who strikes out 25% of the time against righties, Tana 24%. So there are some strikeouts to be had uh, here in this lineup. And like you said, he's he's pretty priced down, uh, at least on DraftKings. On Fandle, he's pretty, you know, similarly priced as he has been all year. But I would actually be okay with taking that shot. You know, when he's priced 200 more than Jordan Lyles, who's probably going to be, pretty chalky i would assume i think it's a pretty good opportunity to play Grinky, especially on DraftKings here today when Grinky's like 9500 to to 10 10 5 in that range like it's just an easy kind of stay away but the price on Grinky is very intriguing today um it will be very interesting to see i didn't realize Grinky was the, the price he is so it'd be really interesting to see like does lyle still get all this ownership or do right. people play the name of Zach Granke instead? So um, might actually end up playing more Lyles in tournaments if Granke gets more ownership. So um, any Oakland bats that you like here against Granke? No, I'm staying away from the bats here. I think Granke's just – even if you don't necessarily like his upside, which is reasonable, he's still a really good pitcher that limits a lot of damage. So I'm staying away from him or from the A's bats. Yeah, you just gotta you gotta respect the talent. Like right. you know, obviously, the other thing that like concerns me as far as like his upside goes is like how how deep are they gonna let him go? They're obviously on cruise control right now, so 
like that's the other like biggest concern but at this price like you know you're not too concerned at this price tag so um but yeah like oakland honestly nothing really standing out to me like i I don't ever hate like an an olsen but the guy i'd want to target maybe like a chapman or a kana here just the the righty power cranky does give up more fly balls to righties so Maybe one of those guys to to get a home run from Granky. He has been giving up home runs a little bit more recently too. So I, I would target one off power righties um, if I was going to target anybody here. You know, the other side of this game, the Houston side. I think they're going to be one of the popular teams on the slate. You know, you get Fires who doesn't really strike people out, and you get a team that doesn't strike out with all this power. And you know, the interesting thing about it is the pricing. They're they're expensive, so it's not like it's an easy stack to make work. Yeah, and I think Fires is a guy who – I think people understand that he's been getting lucky this year based on just the, the park that he pitches in at home. Um, like, like we talked about with Duggar with his XFIP and Sierra, those are kind of numbers I look at to see are they getting lucky, how are they actually – how should they be performing? And Fires is second on, on the list of high totals for Sierra and XFIP on this slate right behind Duggar. So I, I think it's just a good spot for Houston. Obviously, this lineup's loaded top to bottom. And like you said, there's going to be a lot of contact. There's no really, there's really no way around it. Uh, Fires doesn't strike anybody out, and nobody in Houston really strikes out a whole lot. So I think it's just a really good spot for Houston. And I agree with you. I won't be surprised if they're pretty chalky. Um, I don't have Fandle pricing up in front of me, but they are always very slow to raise pricing and Kyle Tucker has been really cheap. If Kyle Tucker cracks the lineup and he's cheap on Fandle, he's one of my favorite like prospects. Um, I think he's super, super talented. Yeah. He's 2300. So definitely there you go. Him. Like if he cracks the lineup because Gary L's banged up right now and like, you know, obviously Cray is out. So if he, if he cracks the lineup on Fandle, like he's, he's, he's a cash play on Fandle for me at that price. Like yeah. I, I like the talent that much. Definitely. Um, and then I wanted to mention that Jose Altuve is a cash play on, on DraftKings, 4,600 for Altuve in a matchup against Fires. Just, you know, definitely want to take advantage of that. Pirates and Giants, eight total. We got Trevor Williams against Madison Bumgarner, 154 total here. Trevor Williams, not a great pitcher by any means. Um, you know, not a ton of upside here for Trevor Williams, but Trevor Williams, one of his biggest issues is home runs and, like, going into San Francisco – one of the best ballparks to limit home runs, like little interest um, when it comes to Williams, just because of the price. Like if I'm wanting a top end stack, Williams is 6.3 K. Like it doesn't get much cheaper than that. And we know he's been pitching a little bit better recently. Yeah. I think this one comes down to, um, I mean, when it comes to tournaments, anyway, it comes down to ownership for me. If I see Williams getting up there in ownership and he's looking like he's going to be the chalk SP two, I I wouldn't be against targeting these lefties for the Giants like I know the ballpark isn't great but you know we've seen them put up big scores before you know in this park at their home park so I'd be okay with you know going for Crawford and Bell and Yastrzemski and and even Voigt so um, I think I'd be all right with that in tournaments if Williams were to be chalky but other than that I'm not going out of my way to get any uh any giant stacks um thoughts here on Madison Bumgarner on the other side of this game uh, it, I mean, I like I like the talent here still, even though he's you know getting up there in age and his numbers are coming down. I still think he's a pretty good pitcher. I, I the the upside's kind of limited here against this this Pittsburgh offensive lineup that doesn't really strike out a whole lot. Uh, obviously, the ballpark's good. I think Bumgarner's probably just a guy that misses. He doesn't make the list for me, just shy of you know that upside that I, that I'm looking for, especially in GPPs. 
So I'd probably stay away from Bumgarner, but it's not like he's a guy I want to attack or anything like that. Yeah, and like obviously Pittsburgh, a uh, much better team against right-handed pitching than they are against left-handed pitching. Like you know, obviously we're going to limit the power on Marte and Bell here a little bit um, with this ballpark. Limit the upside is what I meant, not the power. Um, but yeah, like Bumgarner is just a guy. Like if they for some reason roll out their lefty lineup still, then I have more interest in Bumgarner. If Lyle is going to be super popular. And I and I don't want to play like all in faulty. Maybe that's when I play a little bit more Bumgarner. But he's not a guy like I'm sitting over here going, "Oh, he's my favorite tournament play on the slate by any means." Um, so I don't mind him. I'm not going to play any bats against him. Like that, that's easy for me. Um, right. I I don't like Pittsburgh at all in this spot. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, any thoughts here when it comes to the Giants? You kind of you kind of said it when you were talking about Williams. Yeah. Um, I'll just let you reiterate really quick, and then we'll move on. Yeah, I think if they're going to be low on the prices are okay, and especially if Williams is going to be the chalk, I think it's just a, a solid tournament play just for strict leverage purposes because you know anything can happen in baseball, and we have seen Williams struggle against lefties, so I wouldn't hate the lefties here if uh if Williams turned out to be chalk. <clears throat> Yeah, like if if Blender was here, he'd probably call this. This is probably would be one of his vomit stacks today, because um, you're gonna get a high owned Trevor Williams, which we both agree that we we think we're gonna see some ownership on Williams, and it's gonna be a nice leverage spot. And you know, obviously the home run upside's not there, but like if you're doing like a, a three or four man on the back end of another you know four man type stack and you're able to get the pitching and your pitching does well and your other stack does well. You don't need the giants to hit five home runs. You just need them to go out and have a good game. And they obviously can do that and they're not expensive. So I don't hate them here. Like it's definitely an interesting, interesting spot. Um, you know, Crawford's really cheap. I hate, I hate playing Posey, but he's really cheap. Um, there's, there's some pieces here, you know, Yaz is probably my favorite play, but he's also the most expensive one. So, um, Indians and Angels, eight and a half total. Bieber, Patrick Sandoval. Bieber is a 150 favorite here. He's been a guy that obviously has shown his talent this season. His strikeout rate's 31.1%, 3.17 XFIP, and a 5% walk rate um, on top of a 14% swinging strike rate. It's been a it's been a good season for Bieber. What are we doing with Bieber here against the Angels? Uh, I think you can you know, consider Bieber here, especially in tournaments, because we talked about it earlier, well, I talked about it earlier, in the, when we are talking about DeGrom, I think Bieber's ownership is going to be pretty low because of that pricing. You know, he's, I think, 600, 700 more than, than DeGrom. So he should be pretty low owned. Obviously, we won't know for a few hours on that. But I think it's, a you know, a spot where you kind of have to, once again, count on the talent here. Similarly to DeGrom, like, it's both, you know, two guys who are elite pitchers with elite strikeout stuff and not so elite matchups with not so elite strikeout matchups. So I think, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing as DeGrom and you know, the price makes DeGrom the more optimal play, but Bieber is probably the better tournament play if when, when you uh, factor in ownership. Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, obviously he has some tournament appeal here, you know, obviously up, up and coming back his strike, the strikeouts in this lineup have been a little bit more Ben boom, if he's in the lineup, he's a walking strikeout. Um, obviously, they're not using him for his bat. Um, and, like, Calhoun, who has a, a strikeout, like, Pujols, Simmons, and, and Fletcher, like, are just these contact guys that can either help or hurt you um, when it comes to playing Beaver. Because 
it will kind of help you because if Bieber is in trouble and needs like an easy double play or something, like those contact guys don't have a ton. Of, I don't want to say Pulhos doesn't have a ton of power, but Pulhos in this day and age is not a guy like we're saying is one of the best power bats in baseball anymore. Um, so I don't hate Bieber. I, I get the ownership play um, for sure. I just it. It, it's so hard to click his name over DeGrom, but I think a lot of people will say the same thing, and the Angels team is not this all-full-contact team. There's some strikeouts at the bottom now. Right. Um, Patrick Sandoval on the other side of this game, he's been really decent against righties. Like, this is just it, – it's one of those weird things. Like, does he go out and continue to show, like, this elite skill against righties – using a fastball changeup combo, which I hate. He throws a curveball a little bit, but he's a two-pitch pitcher. I hate that. And he's facing a team that doesn't really strike out. Like, I'm on the fence on him, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Sandoval. Yeah, he's another guy that it's kind of hard for me to figure out if he's, you know, the real deal or not because he's, he's shown some flashes of being a good pitcher. And I'm just going to go ahead and stack the Indians here, I think, because there's so many righties here that hit lefties so well. So I know that he has been really good against righties and the numbers show that he's been bad against lefties, but you know, it's been a pretty small sample size. So I think, I think I'm just going to go ahead and stack the Indians and if they get to the bullpen early, that's great. If you know, they hit Sandoval, obviously that's great. So I think I'm leaning towards the Indians just because of the, how these righties are against lefties and, and also Sandoval, it's just hard for me to predict anything except that he gives up a lot of hard contact and that's kind of what I'm counting on with a lot of righties in this lineup that hit the ball really hard against lefties. You got Fran Mill, you got Luplo who can, you know, hit lefties. And then you got Puig. They're all up and down the lineup with, with the hitters here. Yeah, you can throw in, you know, Perez, Santana, all those guys can hit lefties. Even Mercado, um, he can hit lefties. He's just – he's been very hit or miss this season. And, like, the other thing you got to always kind of look at and kind of halt yourself when you're looking at very small sample sizes. And, and we're in that point of the year where – we're going to have a lot of young people get called up and we're going to be dealing with beginning of the season sample sizes again, where we have to really like decide on what sample we want to trust. He pitched an outstanding game against Texas and they are one of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching. So I don't want to weigh it too much knowing that that is in the back of my mind. So um, it's just something you got to pay attention to. I know a lot of people, want to check out on baseball but with all the call-ups and everything there's still plenty of edge in baseball each and every day so definitely um we kind of talked about the cleveland bats what do we like here for the angels i'm pretty much staying away from the angels completely i i think bieber is another you know top five top seven pitcher in the in the league so i'm pretty much all off off the angels and i i think bieber is probably gonna be my uh, my tournament guy for uh for today yeah, and especially if Trout misses the game. Uh, he was dealing with a toe injury on Sunday. If he misses the game, he got scratched. I remember getting the alert. Um, if, if he ends up not in there, like I obviously will have more interest in Bieber um, if that's the case and definitely wouldn't have any interest here in this lineup. So, um, All right, last game on the slate. We got the Cubbies and the Padres. Kyle Hendricks against Kyle Quintrill. Um, any interest here in Kyle Hendricks? Um. You know, a little bit of a little bit of interest here, just strictly because of you know this this lineup's really kind of taken a turn for the worst once they lost Tatis, and you know taking that big bat out of the middle of the order, it really just you know really hurt them. And now you know what, 
I'm not sure what's going on with Renfro if he's hurt or if he's just you know been they've just been riding pine for him. But uh, he hasn't he hasn't been in the lineup at least yesterday or the last couple of days. So you know Hendricks could be a guy who could make some lineups here for me. The price is okay, eight five on Fanduel. I'm I'm okay with that there. Um, and he's going to be pretty much zero percent owned. I would assume the strikeout percentage isn't great for for righties, but I think Hendricks is you know a guy who's going to limit the damage. I expect them to get the win here. I expect him to be able to go deep in the game. So I'll, I'll be all right, Hendricks. Yeah, and like uh, obviously, um, you know, when we're looking at recent trends on him, his swinging strike rate and outside the strike uh, rate right now is up a little bit. So. That's appealing against a team like the Padres who have a bunch of young bats in there right now that, you know, obviously can get some chasing. So I could see like a Hendricks-Lyles team. I also could see like a Hendricks-DeGrom team. But like there's a couple different ways. I actually like Hendricks as well. You mentioned it. Like this team stinks. Uh, The Padres with with Tatis out of there. They're letting Martini play over Renfro, which makes zero sense to me. Um, I I really think it's something in, in Renfro's contract where he gets a bonus at like, 35 home runs or something because I just don't why why is a guy with 31 home runs I know he's batting 222 that's fine but he has 31 home runs and 62 RBIs like why is he not in there over uh, Nick Martini or something along those lines so and it's not like Nick Martini's like this like top prospect or anything either the dude's batting 260 and he has one home run so it doesn't make a lot of sense but I think it's something in the contract I really do I, I'd, ha- I'd obviously have to look into it but um, I, I like Hendricks. And then the other thing, like when you're thinking about like the Cubs and, and Kyle Hendricks, you always worry about like the pitch count, but they're fighting right now. Like th- this whole, you know, NL wild card race is very, very close and everybody's fighting for every win. So if, if Hendricks is p- pitching well here, it wouldn't shock me if he goes a hundred pitches, they, they kind of need him to go out and like throw a really strong game here. So, um, any interest in Kyle Quintrell on the other side? Uh, no, I'm, no interest for me in, in Quantrill. I think I'm pretty much going to be heavy on Cubs compared to, to Quantrill. Yeah, I, I really have kind of respected um, what he's been able to do against righties this season. Like, I think that – I think it's something to, to note. The hit distance very low. The average exit velocity is very well or very low. That has a lot to do with the, a, a sinker-slider combo. Like – righty righty matchup where you have a good sinker slider combo you can be a guy that like dominates in baseball and dude's throwing a 95 mile an hour sinker that's generating 67 percent ground balls against righties so like it's just one of those things if it was a right-handed heavy team uh, Cal Quintrill is always a guy that I like to play because he does have the ability to get strikeouts with the slider and ground balls with the sinker but I think they're going to have too many lefties in here um, with Hap, Hayward, Schwarber, Rizzo, Zobris, but um, I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if he has a good game. Uh, what's your thoughts here on the Cubs? Uh, yeah, initially to stand out as as pretty good value plays. If you look at the second base position on Fanduel, they have about um, three or four guys. If you count Garcia and Descalso, who are now active on the roster, they, I mean they could make the lineup. You never know. But then you got Kemp as well and Hap. All those guys right there are, are value lefty second basemen who you know, make for good value plays. And then obviously you got Schwarber and Rizzo and Hayward and, and even Zobris now who should be at the top of the lineup again. So I think there's just a lot of good lefty bats who are, you know, fairly priced or even cheap. So I think the Cubs make for a pretty solid value stack. 
Good old Zobrist. Uh, we're gonna lose a lot of money on Zobrist down the stretch. I, I already, I already know that. Like, it's just one of those things. Like, Baez not likely gonna play it um, anymore this season, for the time being, anyway. Any, at least the regular season. So, Zobrist batting leadoff every day. Like, just that guy. Um, any interest in the Padres here in this spot? No, no interest. I mean, Hendricks is just a guy who doesn't really allow any power. Doesn't give up a lot of damage. So, I just, it's just hard for me to. You know, attack him. All right, let's play the morning grind game, and uh, then we'll get out of here. Give me a guy on DraftKings under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. Under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Fulty. You know, I think uh, the strikeouts are gonna be in that lineup, especially if Harper's out. So I, I would go with Fulty. Yeah, I think Fulty is the play. Like when you're looking at all the other options in this range, like Fulty's the the strikeout guy. Like, honestly, I think the guy that I'd take next to Fulty, and who, I'm going to take Quentrill because I know his strikeout ability against righties, and there's some righties here. Like, I just don't see a lot of upside for the rest of these guys. Fire, Sandoval, Williams, Kelly, Duggar. Like, I just don't see the strikeouts, so I'm going to take the other strikeout guy here. Yeah. Um, give me a guy over 8K to score under 15 fantasy points. Who's your bust of the day? Uh, I'm going to go with James Paxton. You know, I know that is uh... – it could, it's either between him or Nola, but I'm going to go with Paxton just because I think he busts even more than Nola. I think he actually get beat up a little bit here against the Red Sox. Yeah, I'm going to take the other pitcher in that game and say Erod. Like, I think both those pitchers are in play like we were talking about, but the the ceiling to floor ratio on those guys are definitely very, very wide. Um, so um, those would be the two guys that I would have taken too. Over 4K to hit a home run. We don't have course. Don't have to worry about that. Just give me a guy over 4K you got for a home run today. I'm going to go Alex Bregman, you know, high fly ball rate against righties. And that's kind of the, the, the bread and butter for attacking fire. So I'm going to go Alex Bregman. Yeah, I'm going to go with my favorite play on the entire slate. Favorite play on the entire slate. Um, J.D. Martinez, 4,700 against the lefty. I don't care who the lefty is. Yeah. Uh, if, if J.D. Martinez was 4,700 against Kershaw, I'd play him. So um, I love J.D. Martinez against lefties, and he's, he's underpriced today. So I'm going to take him. Um, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. Guy under 4K to get two hits. Let's go with uh, Corey Spangenberg. I know you mentioned his name earlier. My buddy, but dude, I don't want to do Thunder, but uh, <laughs> really like the Brewers, and you know he he fits the mold for that for that price range. Yeah, and again, like I've said, like this dude was so bad, he got sent to AAA, and he got back to the majors by hitting the ball in AAA. So. Um, uh, he's been a guy that double digit fantasy points down three of the last four games. He has a really good spot. That was my guy as well, but I'm going to, I'll take Robbie Cano, you know, kind of sticking with that Mets value against stink Kelly. Um, give me a stack to score six or more runs on the slate. Not as easy today as it has been in the past week or so. There, there's not like an offense that's like have to have this offense today. Yeah. I think it's going to be a little bit contrarian just because of the, the ballpark, but I really like the Brewers. They're probably going to be my favorite stack. Uh, come lock. So I'm going to go with Brewers. That's mine as well. Um, I don't want to take Houston. I think Houston's the top team on the slate if you're throwing out pricing and all that stuff. Um, you know what? Just because it's who it is, give me the Mets against St. Kelly because um, I don't want to take Houston. I do think Houston would be the next option to score six or more, but Merrill Kelly is always a guy I like a pick on. So 
All right, we broke in, Kyle. Um, we'll be we'll be talking more baseball throughout the month. Um, glad to have you on. Uh, appreciate you joining. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. That's going to wrap it up here for Monday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Hope everyone has an awesome, awesome time with their football slash baseball lineups on Monday. Good luck, and we'll um, see you tomorrow.